What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Happy freaking Monday. My name is Austin Jardine. Welcome to the Vanguard Project Podcast. I'm excited. Uh, spring is almost here. The dogs and I uh, ran around yesterday on Saturday. It took some time to uh, get the hell out of Dodge. And uh, we went and played some catch in the hills, exploring some new areas. Uh, Sunday morning, uh, woke up bright and early, got out and shot some thousand yard shots and rocks and hiked up one hell of a hill uh, with some buddies. And now I am sitting happily in my chair, editing this episode, sipping on some coffee. And I am telling you what, this episode is going to be a lot of fun with Mr. Tucker from Vortex. Uh, Before we jump in, uh, just a refresher uh, for what this podcast focuses on. Uh, My goal uh, is to sit down with folks and uh, kind of share their stories. And my, my, my best... I guess, impression that I want to impart on you, I suppose you could say, is that this podcast focuses on growth through story and strength through community. And what I mean by that is as I sit down with these folks, we dive into their lives to understand how they got to where they're at, what they're doing, giving you some insights or ways of thinking to help push you forward or potentially help you find a community to join in on. So I do my best really to let the interviewees share their life experiences and dive into what they've learned to give you something to chew on throughout the week. So before we jump into uh, Mr. Tucker's story, um, I've been super blessed over the past couple of years um, to have partnered with folks uh, on a variety of different things and namely over the past year uh, on this podcast. And one of them is uh, is Everly Stock. Uh, Everly Stock is a Boise-based company that manufactures some wicked products for your adventures. And I had to write this down because as you can tell, I get super excited about talking, but, um, they make a ton of really awesome product, whether you're out hunting elk in the high country, hunting bad dudes and God knows where, uh, they've got something to help you keep you organized, you dry, warm, ultimately on the move, enjoying yourself or staying safe. Um, I use their mainframe for instance, with their scabbard, uh, to hike this, uh, to hike this hill with my buddies on Sunday morning, which, you know, it, I wish I could describe to you, but it was like up just straight up. And I actually took my match rifle with me, which is like, I think it's a 20 pound ish rifle. And I slid it in the scabbard, you know, with water and snacks and everything kind of packed into my vapor pack as well. And we just went up straight up this freaking hill. And it was really nice because the scabbard kept, you know, the rifle obviously safe, kept my hands free, kept everything on my back. Like I, the only thing that was uncomfortable were was my legs because they were jello hiking all the way straight up and all the way back down. But be sure to uh, check their website out. Give the uh, retail store a call. Let them know the Vanguard podcast sent you and they will help keep you moving forward. But I'm going to stop talking, continue drinking my coffee, and uh, we're going to roll an awesome episode with Mr. Tucker from Vortex Optics. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Vanguard Project. Happy freaking Monday. Uh, Tucker and I are recording on a Monday, actually. Normally, we record a little bit later in the week, but he and I played a little bit of phone tag. Either one or the both of us had something going on, but I think I think we got it nailed down. We're going to sit and we're going we're gonna to BS for a little bit. And I'm excited, man, because one of our mutual friends at, uh, at Everly Stock got us connected. So I'm excited because you're uh, you're one of the cool dudes at Vortex. So if you don't mind... You know, maybe just introducing yourself a little bit, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll get to know you. You get to know your story. Okay. Well, first, I'll let you use uh, "cool dudes" loosely, right? Mm-hmm. I just <laughs> I'm just a dude. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my name's Tucker. I kind of, you know, for the last 10, 12 years, I've kind of been in the firearms game, the competition side of it. 
Uh, I've kind of recently got into hunting since kind of coming up through Wisconsin, but that's uh, what's, what's got people from Wisconsin like to do. <laughs> so I've been kind of enjoying that for a little bit. But yeah, recently, uh, earlier this year, I uh, recently took a job for Vortex. Uh, so that's been cool, but I've, I've actually shot for them for roughly, you know, seven years as kind of a brand ambassador. So it was kind of a natural fit for me to go ahead and move up and uh, take the job. It's been kind of a dream gig, a lot of good people, a lot of good customers. So it's been a great experience. That's pretty sweet, man. So going back to starting to shoot, did you grow up? I mean, so sounds like you didn't grow up necessarily in a hunting family. Did you grow up in no. a shooting family? I mean, how did no. that? <laughs> no, uh, my dad was pretty heavy kind of against firearms, uh, except for we had like a I don't know, 1650 something blunderbuss hanging on the wall. That was about the, ex <laughs> the extent of the uh, firearms collection at the house. But no, I mean, when I turned 18, I, I kind of bought a shotgun and uh, kind of explored that a little bit and went some, went and shot some like five stand and ski. Of course it was a pump shotgun. It was totally wrong gun something for me to, <laughs> me to do. And uh, I sympathize. I shot trap yeah. and skeet with a, with a 870 for a year. So I'm with yeah, you. Yeah. So same thing. Yep. Yep. Just a different version of an 870. And uh, so it was the chance to go shoot outside of just like staring down a straight line at a, at a range. Right. So I'd shoot little skeet and bird with that and uh, kind of got introduced to the firearms world, you know, very minimally at that time, uh, just kind of doing that. And at 21, I bought, bought a pistol and, you know, another 10 years later, I finally found something to do with it besides just standing on a, you know, static fire line. Yeah. So when you bought your first shotgun, I mean, what was that like? Like what, what drove you to buying a shotgun in a family that probably was not super excited about that? Yeah. Look, so my parents split when I was fairly young. So my mom wasn't really against it or for it, you know, she couldn't care, you know, one way or the other, but my dad was kind of against it. And uh, that's a good question, man. I just feel like being in America, it's kind of a, a rite of passage. You know what I mean? You should be able to own a gun and I was on my own. So I decided that was what I was going to do, whether for production or, or recreation. I really didn't. I don't think I really had a set goal of what I was going to do with it. I just kind of wanted one, right? It intrigued me. So that's kind of, that's where I ended up. <laughs> that's funny. And I'm, I'm going to ask maybe a personal question totally right out of the gate, but, but I feel like this is probably, uh, you're one of the first people I've talked to where they're like, yeah, I didn't really grow up in a, in a firearm friendly family. Right. So like, I'm thinking if there's a kid out there that's like, you know what, I, I really want to get into firearms or I'm interested, right? What, I guess, how did you kind of navigate those waters with your dad to make him comfortable with it? Did you even try? I mean, what advice would you have for a kid that might want to find passion in firearms in a less than supporting environment, I guess you could say? That's a tough question. And so loaded, in my case, super yeah, loaded. I know. Yeah, so, so in my case, personally, uh, it just never really came up. You know, I, I had seen the magazines and there wasn't, you know, internet wasn't humongous at that time. It was 22 years ago now. Um, so that's a good question. I think if you're interested in it now, there's so much information you can get online. Um, I don't know. The approval part's tough, though, because like if you're living <laughs> under, under their roof, you have to bring it home. So I, I wasn't living there at the time. So it was easy to you know buy one and, and you know own it in my own house legally and, and not have the issue. I think if you're if you're interested in that world, maybe you know, do some research on what 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 your you know purpose is. If you're trying to have a home defense gun, the shotgun is a good place to start because nobody starts out as a you know excellent marksman out of the <laughs> gate, right? Shotgun's easy to use, you know, 
and and very readily available some some type of ammunition so i think that's kind of the place to start is try to inform your or sorry about that inform yourself you know know what you're going to use it for and then and then kind of approach it from there yeah that's fair that's fair so then kind of getting into the competition side of stuff when you got uh your first pistol at 21 were you like had you discovered you know the uspsa or the idpa or, or were you, did you buy your first self-defense pistol and then stumble into it? How did that come, come about? Yeah. The first gun was just a typical, you know, Glock 17. I knew nothing about USPSA or any sort of competition, basically just as a defense. This one was like solely a defense gun that mm-hmm. was small and I could keep, you know, locked up in a fairly small environment. Um, but no, it was, it wasn't until years later. I was actually, I competed a lot growing up. You know, I was played baseball at a pretty high level, kind of destroyed my elbow pitching, um, I wakeboarded professionally for a couple of years and that was kind of hard on the knees. So as I kind of got older, you know, in my, I guess I was around probably 30, 29, 30, when I really found USPSA, I actually went camping with a buddy, a couple of buddies, there was a bunch of people there and we had a target set up and we, we kind of plinked a little bit. And one of them was like, Hey, you should come out to IDPA is what it was. And so I, I went there and, and shot with a bunch of great people. I mean, that's really one of the coolest parts of the shooting sports is you really need a lot of cool people and and aside from what people may think like oh a bunch of crazy rednecks like no it's families it's <laughs> women it's children you know you meet really good people out there and you know just i don't know first or second idpa match somebody brought up ipsic or uspsa and once i shot that i kind of didn't go back to the idpa route it was just more my style a little a little more athletic uh, a lot more running around and, and really steep levels of competition so that's kind of what drove me drove me to that yeah for sure i got stuck for a second on professional wakeboarding yeah <laughs> yeah so i grew up in orlando you know orlando or, or suburb of orlando florida and uh surfing wakeboarding skateboarding like all those things were pretty big i grew up surfing out there and uh wakeboarding was like the natural thing where you didn't need waves to be good but you needed somebody <laughs> with, with, <laughs> with parents that made pretty good money right, <laughs> right to have a boat so Luckily, I uh, knew some people with boats and got pretty good at that and ended up, uh, I was living upstairs doing professional lessons at a place called O-Town Water Sports. I don't think I wore a shirt probably once every six months. <laughs> it was it was <laughs> pretty good beach bum living and uh, I actually got to travel to Europe. For six, I mean, I did a lot, a, lot, a lot of traveling throughout that time and, you know, just living the lake bum life. It was pretty good while it lasted. Dude, so how did you get into that? I mean, that seems... Which, which I know is, is kind of off topic of guns, right? But like part of the story, how did you get into wakeboarding and teaching and traveling? So I grew up surfing, right? I live half a mile. Once my mom, my mom went to dental school after my parents, you know, they split up among that time. My mom moved down to a place called Melbourne Beach, which is, you know, a half mile where she lived from the beach. And uh, so I moved there roughly 17, 18. And we, so I surfed, you know, I, we grew up surfing a lot eventually somebody had like a little Boston whale or a little skiff, you know, with a motor on it. And we, you know, ride our surfboard back behind the boat. And this was when wakeboarding was really at the roots. You know what I mean? Just after they got the two way directional, you know, wakeboards. So yeah, that just kind of progressed, man. I'd I'd go out to places and wakeboard finally got good and, you know, started competing a little bit in that and got a few sponsors and kind of rode that wave until I was probably about, you know, three years of 
maybe two and a half of like professional riding. Yeah. But yeah, it took probably five years to get to that point. But the thing like with me, I'm, I'm like a psycho, man. When I like latch <laughs> on to something, I'm going to do it. Just same with guns. Like once I found out competition was there, all these guns, all these press. I mean, just, I just go all in with stuff like that. I just like <laughs> the, uh, the competition aspect is really what I chase. And, and, you know, being an older gentleman now, it's nice to be able to do something that it's not so hard on your body and still kind of get that competitive bug out you know right what's like what's like the big motivation in competing is it is it to get better or is it to like prove are you proving something to yourself just to be a better shooter i mean what is it that like gets you excited about competing that's a good question man i don't you know the i don't know something inside of me just wants me to be able to beat the best guys and like that's what i enjoy to do with my free time i don't know (laughs) i don't know what it is I don't know if it's something my internal being that just drives it. I don't know, man, but I'm always chasing it. And it's, uh, it's always fun. You meet a lot of great people along the ride. So it's been a really good experience kind of throughout my life. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've talked to a couple of folks about um, kind of the mindset behind competing. And honestly, it's kind of funny because a lot of guys I've talked to have been USPSA shooters, namely around kind of how they think about competing. When you say that you want to be, you know, beating the best guys out there, right? What what do you go through as far as like mentally preparing either for a match or training or kind of getting into the groove of like calming yourself before a stage? You know, I was just talking to my buddy Ruben uh, from work <laughs> about this. Even to this day, like you shoot the first stage, you finish, you go to push a proof on the tablet, and your hands are like shaking, <laughs> right? I think I think that's why we do it, right? There's a little bit of adrenaline. But, you know, nerves and adrenaline, there's such uh, similarities. It's Sometimes it's hard to differentiate between the two, but I don't think I'm completely calm. I shoot a lot of PRS, three-gun, and USPSA. And, uh, and you know, three-gun and, and USPSA, it's not so bad to have that, like, amped up feeling. But in PRS, where you have to keep the rifle completely <laughs> still, still, and, you know, shoot, you know, 800, 1,200, whatever it is, yards accurately, is, uh, it's a little tougher. But, you know, after a couple stages, you kind of settle in, and that kind of goes away then you're just kind of focused, but you brought up the mental game and that, that part is like highly overlooked by a lot of newer shooters. Like mm-hmm. you really want to build those routines and, and kind of habits as you're approaching a stage of, of any type, you know, if it's a, a pistol or a three gun match, like you want to walk that stage over and over in your head as much as you can before you actually get up there. And then as you're making ready, you're just kind of going through the motions, right? It's programmed into your head and you just kind of push play on the computer and your body just kind of subconsciously, you know, shoot through the stage. Yeah. When you started uh, competing in your first couple matches, you know, thinking back to USPSA post camping with your buddies, getting into it, right. What was your first match like? And, and I mean, how did you like overcome the obstacle of starting? You know, what's funny is I think that those early days, I was like too, too full of ignorance to really be nervous. Right. <laughs> you're, you're so worried about the gun, you know, and being safe and yep. not pointing it. Like that's, that's what my focus was and probably what most people should be. Cause you're not used to running around with a firearm. Right. Those are like the first lessons people want to drive into you when you're new. Uh, luckily I was pretty coordinated. I think hand-eye coordination plays a big, a big part in this. Um, that's not to say people without it can't do it. Cause one of my friends, Luke, he has no coordination he can't clap to a beat and that dude can shoot so i mean if you're not that coordinated don't don't get uh discouraged it's it's not hard for anybody so practice work you know the more time you put in the better you're going to be so that's really what it comes down to i think when you uh when you started competing did you 
have any goal in mind? I mean, were you like, hey, I want to be sponsored? Hey, I want to be top tier? Or was it like, hey, I just found this thing and it's fun? I think kind of the way I'm wired, like what's whether it's dirt bike, or surfing, snowboarding. I mean, I've done the action sports for a long time throughout mm-hmm. my, you know, 20s and teens, I guess. Um, as soon as I start, like I want to compete in something. I don't know what drives me to be so competitive. It's just kind of how I'm wired. So as soon as I started, like, yeah, I want to beat the guys at the local matches for, you know, first. And that kind of builds up. And then you, you start beating guys at, at bigger matches and, uh, I don't know, man. It's just something that draws me to it, the, the competition. But yeah, it was as soon as I started, like it's a competition. They're keeping score. Like I want to do well in, in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So when you started to work through, I guess, the competition stages and working through local matches, did you start to push yourself regionally, nationally? I mean, how did you did you decide to climb up that ladder? Did it just happen naturally? That was kind of the step, right? Just like yeah. you said. So locally, right? You know, match of 50 or 60 like local guys is kind of where it starts and eventually you start becoming you know one of the upper finishers of, of that level and then you know I guess naturally the next the next step is like regionally I know my first regional match was a three gun nation regional series three gun match and it was a southeast thing so it was in Florida and uh, that was the first like one with like you know people with cameras and banners hanging on the walls and stuff like that and, yeah uh, yeah, and then that was it. Like once I, I did that, like it's it's been all downhill. You know, traveling a lot. Some years I'd shoot thirty five matches. You know, like two day weekend matches out of state. I mean, it's it's been quite the road. It, it takes a pretty high level of commitment because for the most part, nobody's <laughs> becoming super rich. You know, shooting. <laughs> you know, there there are exceptions to the rule. You know, I've made a little money, but I'm not living off it by any means. Just right. strictly shooting matches. You know, there are guys, you know, for Jerry, right? Like he's our Michael Jordan. He probably does okay. But at the same time, he works for Smith and Wesson. He does demos. And like, that's generally how it works. But there are perks to, you know, being involved with companies and you just hope to, you know, give them value in return, right? You just don't want to take free stuff and and money for travel if you're not providing anything in return. That's a big part to keep in mind for those aspiring to be sponsored shooters of anything. For sure. So another probably loaded and personal question, how, how did you justify that? Right. I mean, like speaking for, so like I've traveled and competed, right. And it's hard to think to myself, like, I'm going to go spend, you know, 200 bucks on gas, right. Round trip. I'm going to take two days off of work for travel and I'm going to spend $400 in hotel fare, right. Plus food, you know, plus my ammo, right. What was it that you were like, this is why I'm doing it. I mean, what, what motivated you besides the competition of it? Right. So the competition I was going to mention since mm-hmm. you kind of X, X that one out, right? Like I've put the work in beforehand to go there and kind of test my skills against the rest of the people that are doing the same thing. Right. Um, but yeah, that's like the test, everything before that's the practice, right? Like you're practicing at local matches, you're practicing at your home range, you're dry firing in your basement or your garage. And then you want to go there and, and just kind of see, see where you stack up. Um, that's really it. And, you know, at a lot of these matches, there's, you know, sometimes prize tables or there's sometimes cash. So when you do get a little better, like you will be reimbursed the the travel money and stuff like that. But by any, like all means, that's not why we chase it. Right. Cause we're not going to get rich. Right. It's nice if you put the time in, shoot millions of rounds and and do all those things to at least be able to travel and kind of shoot the matches for free. Cause it's what you love to do. Right. That's kind of, I guess that's probably what, 
what the motivation is. Yeah, I can sympathize with that. I've done some matches where there's one I can think of. I, you know, me and my buddy drove up to Montana. We, it's like a 12 hour drive. I shot terribly. Like this is, the, this is <laughs> the worst match I've ever done. And I was like, this was terrible, but you know what? It, it was the experience for me. Like, I mean, it was a lot of gas. It was a lot of time. We drove literally through the night. I shot like atrociously, but it was like, by the end of it, it was like, I came home and I looked back at it and I was like, you know what? That was a lot of fun. I learned a lot, learned that these like gusting field matches suck (laughs) and one mile is really a long ways away, you know? So, you know, it's like, it's like, even though it costs, like there's just this experience, at least that I, you know, I, I draw from it. Right. Where it's like, it was fun. I learned something. And that for me is like the benefit. Yeah. And the more you go, you start meeting people. Right. Mm -hmm. It's cool looking back now. Like I've made hundreds, if not thousands of friends, like all over the country. Right. So when you go to these things, you you see those friends that you only see at these events and, you know, you do cookouts or go to dinner or, you know, play horseshoes or beat or corn cornhole. And uh, it's an event, right? Like you go to hang out with friends, you know, if you have, you know, sponsors, you do some business stuff while you're there and uh, it's a whole experience, right? You're not just paying and and traveling to shoot, although that is like, you know, the the pinnacle of what you're doing it for. But I feel you, man, I've I've traveled to places and had gun problems or issues or just sucking myself and, (laughs) and, and none of that is fantastic. So experience is definitely better when you go there and shoot to your potential. Right. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, for sure. So you bring up a good point about making friends, right? In your experience, how has the the shooting community been and how easy has it been for you to make friends and partnerships or whatever the case may be? I think that's probably the best part. Once you kind of get over the like, oh, man, let's go shoot it. Let's crush it. Like you meet a lot of really good people and you know, a lot of them are like-minded, but some of them aren't. I've met all types of people from all different backgrounds, political views, whatever it is, that a lot of people like guns, whether you want to believe it or not. And it's just been a fantastic experience with the exception of less than 1%. We have issues with personality wise, but these people bring out their families. Like I've known, you know, Dakota Overland from Minnesota. She started shooting when she was probably eight competitively traveling and I've watched her grow up and now she's in West Point. Like you, you create real bonds and relationships with a lot of these people. And uh, yeah, I'd say probably 90% of the friends I have period are all from kind of this game, you know, and it's uh, it's cool to kind of grow those relationships and, and really just, I mean, it's, it's really the best crowd of people I've ever met. Right. Yeah. So it's been really good. Yeah. What, uh, what advice do you have for folks that might be new or scared or intimidated into coming to a match or trying to break into the gun community? I mean, you, you live and breathe it, right? I mean, so you've got like the scoop, I suppose. Yeah. So touching on both those questions, uh, you mentioned the people and then like, what do you do? The cool thing is like, if you wait till you're going to be ready, you're, you're never going to go. It's, it is intimidating. It is scary, especially if you don't come from like a competition background, just, it's really more of a, a hang, like a hangout session is the best way to describe it. Right. And it, if you have, you know, a, a Glock or a Smith and Wesson or whatever it is you carry, you can, you know, bring an empty gun to the match or just show up and watch one. A lot of people like to come and check it out before they actually do it. And the way you can find these matches is go to your local outdoor gun club or, or some indoor in the winter and just look on their calendar and see when they have a USPSA match. 
or you can go on uspsa.org and there's a list of matches uh, on there and you can just go and watch and kind of talk to people. You'll be surprised how friendly a lot of those people are. And a lot of times they'll convince you to shoot and they'll loan you a belt, a gun and give you ammo. I mean, he's got a lot of them will give you the shirt off their back just to kind of get you into the sport. When new people come, like it's exciting because that's what will keep this moving, you know, years into the future. Yeah. I, uh, I've been to several matches where you're like, you show up and you're like, oh man, like I've never seen that gun. I've never seen that scope. I've never seen that. And they're like, oh, here's a loaded mag. Here's the gun, you know, run this stage as fast as you can. Right. Don't look back. And uh, it, it is really cool. Like I don't, I, I'm echoing what you just said. Like I think reiterating yeah. because like, I love when people show up for the first time. I was talking to somebody earlier today at work actually. And I was like, I love teaching people how to shoot. Like, it's right. just fun for me because it's something that like I get super excited about and it's always fun to kind of take the mis- the mystery of shooting and the fear of shooting away and be like, here's a 22. This is why it's fun. Here's a six dasher. Here's an 800 yard target, you know? And it's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of fun. Like I thoroughly enjoy doing that. So, yeah. And I think that most of us do, and no matter what your experience level is, like when new people come, like you want to teach them what to get and what not to do and show them your cool toys. And like, you know, depending on, <laughs> depending on their budget, you know, like kind of point them in the right direction. Cause if most new people are anything like me, I bought a million things that were all the wrong things. Right. Like you get a, a box of stuff that's basically <laughs> either illegal or no good. And, uh, so yeah, it's, it's cool to take people under your wing and uh, kind of coach them through. I, I can't tell you how many people like message me on Facebook or I've met at local matches and, you just coach them along the way. And I'm not not like alone in that. Like everybody does it. So it's a really cool community. Yeah, it is. I I really enjoy it. And it's fun. Like, especially when you get comfortable with it and you start building your own stuff, because then it's like all bets are off and you're addicted for life. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of where I'm at. So it's, it's been a good ride though. That's awesome. So um, I know that you mentioned that you had just started getting into hunting, but but before we maybe start there, as far as competition goes or getting into, um, I guess, the pistol short or pistol sports, shotgun sports, whatever, is there anything that you maybe don't get asked a whole lot or feel like you wish you'd have known getting into it or want to share with folks maybe before we move on topics? That's a good question, man. I think the hardest thing for me getting started was finding, finding places to find the matches. Okay. <laughs> like that was, that was the biggest challenge for me. It was like, where, where do I go? I mean, I was looking the last few years of just being like a handgun owner. I was looking for some place to do, I knew it kind of existed, but I had never really known uh, where to look. And now like USPSA with their new marketing guy is a, uh, uh, Jake Martins, he's done a really good job of putting a new website together that actually has lists of matches and, and where to go. I know that was probably a bigger challenge for me mm-hmm. and uh, just learning what, what to do, like what to have, what to, you know, like I said, to be ready, right. Ready as ready as you can be. And, and there's a lot of videos and stuff now that USBSA has put out. That's really kind of make that a non-issue. Yeah. Yeah. For those, I know that practice score is a big one, at least for us. That one too. Yeah. Practice score, Facebook, oddly enough. And I'm thinking like mostly for like, cause I shoot PRS. Like that was kind of my thing for a while was PRS and they would list all the matches for the year out. So you could like plan ahead. Uh, right. Facebook was a big one. And yeah, some of the, the governing bodies, I haven't looked at USPSA's website in a while, but I know NRL, 
and the PRS both have at least their big national matches, national and regional matches. That are yeah, best. they've. I think they've kind of learned from their predecessors, right? Especially Three Gun, where it was like if you didn't know about Three Gun, you were never going to find a match. Right. The PRS and NRL both did a very good job of putting together an awesome website, easy to find the matches. So, and if you don't know, you can email them and be like, "Hey, where do I go?" And they'll shoot you in the right direction. So they've yeah. done a great job. With it. Yeah, I learned uh, Friday actually about a uh, a new two gun. I don't know if it's new, new to me, new to me, new two gun uh, like event where it's like limitless kit, which I thought was cool. So it's like, hey, if you want to come out and really like, you know, run your guns with whatever crazy AK weird pistol combo kit plate carrier setup with yeah. mods, you have fun, right? And I was like, yeah. that actually sounds like fun because it's like. You know, I was talking, it was with one of the other guys. Uh, uh, whenever it's always fun because when the beeper goes off, you forget everything, right? So it'd be, <laughs> oh, that's a big you know, it'd be, it'd be fun to try that like fully loaded out and with people watching and, you know, giving you flack and having a good time. So, yeah. So generally, the two gun crowd is pretty tactical uh, on the tactical side of things. Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of thing has gone on for some time. Uh, as far as I know, it's not super organized. It's usually like on a local level and uh, they do some, you know, I guess, medium level matches too. Yeah. Uh, that's not to say it's not out there. I just don't know about it. If it is uh, recently, USPSA has put together a, th- uh, a match called two gun nationals and it's a PCC nine millimeter carbine mm. along with a pistol. So they, they're kind of pushing that now and it's kind of getting some traction. So yeah. I think they're going to introduce ARs and AKs and stuff in that as well in the future. So we'll see kind of how that shakes out. Yeah, that'd be fun. I'd be interested in doing that because I've never I've done one three gun. I've never done a two gun. I know that there's one out in Parma that they do twice a year from what I understand, but I haven't done it. And I think it's a night shoot. So I'd like to do that. I just didn't have my guns finished for it. So, right. But yeah, that always sounds like fun. I mean, I'm like I've got. My my actually that's my wife's rifle right here, but mine's <laughs> mine's downstairs. So I'm like I want to yep. go shoot all the guns. Um, all right. So changing topics to hunting. How did you get into hunting? You, I guess, was this your first hunt down uh, to get? It was your first audad, right? Was that it your was first successful hunt? successful okay. hunt? Yeah, right. So how did that come about? I mean, was that like did you did you like randomly pick the short straw, or were you like, no, I need to go kill something? No, no, I was good. So I've been interested in it for a while, you know, living in Florida, there's, there is a hunting culture, I guess, but most guys will travel to actually go on hunts. You know, we don't have a lot of big game. I mean, there's a bunch of swamp style hunting, you know, snakes, alligators, you know, and in deer too, but they're just smaller. And when I got up here, I kind of (laughs) knew what was going to happen. I kind of picked up a bow right away and now I've got, you know, three or four of them and, and Ruben Alex, and who's also my, you know, manager at work has really kind of got me into just, you know, educating me on kind of the hunting game. Right. Yeah. So we, we went out on a private piece of property a couple of times with the bows here in Wisconsin. And, uh, unfortunately we, you know, we just didn't get any action. We didn't see anything. There was a little bit of sign, but you know, nothing happened. Um, the odd ad you're mentioning was in Texas at Cibola Ranch uh, under Terry Hewen. He was there too. Uh, I think he lives in Indiana, but he was there helping us guide with some of the local guides there, Trent and uh, Aaron. But yeah, it was it's kind of a work thing. We were going to check out this ranch uh, for you know potential events for some of our customers that we do each year. Yeah. And uh, in, in return, we got to bring our rifles with us, uh, which was nice. And I had, ju- <laughs> I had just built a, uh, 
you know, a custom six, five PRC when I moved here, cause I knew nice. it, it was going to happen. And, uh, so yeah, man, we, we got to go out and shoot some, shoot a few odd dad. I think all of us got one that, that came on the trip, which was cool. Those guys did a really fantastic job. They had a chef. I mean, we got to, it wasn't like a hunting trip. I mean, it was, but we got to sleep in, <laughs> we got to sleep in our own, own uh, king size bed and we had a chef cooking for us every night. I mean, Seagull Ranch is a freaking awesome place. And uh, so, yeah, there was a few other companies there as well. It was more of an event, a work event that yeah. just had a few perks on the side. So, but for a successful all, hunt, it was, it was, it was a long shot too. The guy, Terry actually was with me and uh, he's like, man, that, that thing's at like, you know, 600, 700 yards. You, you feel comfortable shooting at it? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. Cause I, I shoot a lot of long range. So the shooting part, like I'm good with, it's all the other stuff I'm kind of learning. So it ended up being, you know, 750 yards. I think both those guides, him and Aaron both were like, man, that's a, that's the longest shot I've seen today. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> so yeah, I got one and, and Ruben who I was with from work also got one. And uh, we had another buddy with us, Nick, and we all did pretty well, man. It was exciting. Dude, so, that's yeah, I'm in sweet. it. So how'd, how'd yeah, you feel was it, it was it awesome were you like i mean because like i i i got my first deer in october right so yeah. like I, I totally feel like the first kill like sensation was it was it pretty fun or were you like weirded out i mean how how do you feel about like gutting it and everything no i wasn't weirded out so i mean i had been like prairie i shot prairie dogs before and, and doves with shotguns yeah and, uh, so i mean it wasn't like the first kill i wasn't too weirded out but the cool thing was was like the sneaking around the stocks like i was with terry and we, we stocked some of these things for quite a while and, and just trying to outsmart the animal in their environment right this was you know seventy thousand acre ranch so wide open i mean those things could be anywhere <laughs> i don't know if you've been to texas but they have some big properties out yeah. there so i mean it was just miles and miles where these things could be and uh it was fun finding them and trying to outsmart them and just it, that was a new element that I hadn't really experienced. So it was definitely cool. And I look forward to doing it again for sure. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, getting the food and all that stuff is an awesome perk. So I look forward to whitetail season up here in uh, Wisconsin next year. Yeah. Are you going to do uh, archery? Are you going to do rifle again? Or both? Probably both. Yeah, yeah. I'll probably do both. Archery is fun because it's, it's harder and I'm getting pretty good and I'm shooting a couple leagues here in the wintertime with another buddy, Dan from work. And uh, it's, I'm pretty hooked on the bow, so I'm going to definitely try to do that as well. Yeah, I had bought a bow two years ago, I think, and last summer I went down to the total archery shoot, and that, like, I got hooked on that bad. Like, it is so yeah. much fun. Like, I love it because you can't you can't think about anything other than yeah. shooting, right? Like, you have yeah. to be super silent between the ears. And uh, my bud, one of my other buddies is super big into to bow hunting too. And so he took me out and was kind of teaching me all the stalking and stuff. And it is a completely different game, you know, like yeah, you got to get close, like super close. And you got to be really like aware of the wind and the terrain, whereas like a six or 700 yard shot, right? Like who's going to yeah. see you coming, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's unreal. So, all right. So the, maybe, the total archery sheet, was that like a, like an indoor competition type thing or what was that? No, it's a total archery. Um, it's a big 3D shoot. And okay. Yeah. But they it's crazy because it's a big multi-day event, right? So you can pick several different like courses you can do. So they'll have like a Yeti course and a Sitka course. And it, it'll be from anywhere from like, you know, I don't know if they measure it in miles. It might be like five miles long, and you're gonna shoot 25 targets ranging from 20 yards to you know, 110 yards, right? And they've got several range finder. Oh yeah. 
yeah oh, rangefinder <laughs> yeah you can use rangefinder and like uh your tape and everything and some people like like the the group that i shot with it was mostly just like kind of walk around with buddies shooting bsing right some guys you can keep score and whatnot and be pretty competitive with it but i don't think that they were like i don't think it was much of like a competition per se so much as just yeah. for fun and i did it i did it mostly for fun just to kind of push myself like I'm like you, if I have something in front of me, like, Hey, I need to, like, I'm going to go do this event. Like I'm going to train for that. Right. And so like I practiced a lot kind of in preparation for it, but it was a lot of fun. Cause like I had just started the podcast. So like, I was really excited to go like talk to some of the people that I'd actually like interviewed and whatnot. Um, right. So, uh, so it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. I'm trying to sweet talk my wife into letting me go. Cause it's uh, <laughs> it's like, it's like this year it's in salt or they do it in several different States and uh this year it's like three days before my birthday and it's my 30th and my wife and our family birthdays are a big deal and so like i'm like can i go like i don't want to like get in trouble for bailing to go shoot because like you know <laughs> so sounds like it needs to be a birthday present right that's what i told you i was like hey <laughs> like you know it'd be nice not to pay for it but yeah that's right because you know, it's yeah, in park uh, city park city's a fancy joint dude like i don't know if you've ever yeah. been to park city utah but it's um it's it's like a resort town it's pretty fancy yeah yeah it's a little uppity but yeah man i'm i'm kind of getting into the 3d shoots and indoor stuff now so i i see me tinkering this with this a little bit too you know so i'm, I'm excited about it it's, it's definitely a good game yeah yeah i've been looking at um a couple bows all right it's been a while since i've looked because i it's so funny i like will be like i'm gonna build ars oh i need a new bow I'm going to build another rifle. I'm going to sell all my ARs to buy a bow. Or, you know, it's like I just, like, cycle through yeah. things. Oh, but yeah. I, was, yeah. I was looking at bows a couple months ago. And because uh, I bought, like, one of the uh, – it's not a bear. It was um, a diamond archery edge 320 is what it was. I just bought, like, a ready-to-hunt yeah. bow because I was like, I just yep. – I don't know if I'm going to like it. I don't want to go drop a grand on a bow <laughs> if I'm going to Yeah. <laughs> But anyways, man, so if we could maybe, I mean, you've done obviously some fun stuff and I don't know if I totally know what you do at Vortex. Do you mind kind of just talking about what your job is and how kind of that came to be in case somebody's like, dude, Vortex company want to work for him? Yeah, so definitely it's one of the best places to work on the planet. Um, They've worked really hard at keeping, you know, their their small business feel like they really care about their employees and even more so with the customers, you know, one of their mantras is is care, create a rare experience. So every customer we come come in contact with, we want to create some type of rare experience for them, whether that's dealers or or customers we see at the airport. And uh, it's, it's really been fascinating to kind of see kind of that old school feel with a company today. You know, it's not, it's not super common, but, um, but what I do, I'm on the customer, customer engagement team through dealer sales, right? So I'm on the dealer sales team, but I'm on the customer engagement side. So what we'll do a lot of times is, you know, travel to a Shields or a, in any of those, you know, any of our dealers and really train up the employees, you know, the guys behind the counter. And we, we don't want to just teach them about our products. We're going to teach them about scopes in general. So when somebody comes in to the, their store, they're educated on optics the best they can be and, and really give that customer, you know, a good experience themselves and, and leave feeling like they're more educated. And uh, sometimes we'll travel to their company or sometimes they'll come to us and we'll, you know, create a curriculum in which we can kind of 
teach them what they want to learn. You know, some of these guys after coming for a few years kind of know a few things and maybe we'll go a different path the next time. So that's generally what we do. We do a few tours as they come up. If people just want to visit the place, sometimes our, our team will, you know, we're the customer engagement team. So we'll kind of take them around the, the shop and maybe shoot with them a little bit. And we train a lot of people to shoot. Uh, our team really has uh, a couple elite level shooters. Um, so we do a lot of firearms training as well. Um, a lot of people think that we are part of the edge team, which is like specific in they, they do our firearms training our classes, you know, home mm. defense, yep. you know, things like that. Um, if people are interested in that, by the way, <laughs> check out, <laughs> you know, the Vortex Edge on the website, some of the nicest people and they really go above and beyond. I mean, just the company in general, right? Like everybody will do what they can possibly do to, you know, to meet your needs, whatever that may be. And uh, it's really cool to be a part of it. I've been pretty blessed to be there. So super Dude, stoked. That's funny. That sounds like a, a gun socialite's dream, right? Yeah. Pal it's around been pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Guns and teach yeah. people. So I know, I yep. think you mentioned that you got, you kind of transitioned into it from being a, a an ambassador for Vortex, right? Is that kind of yeah. how it, it played out? Yeah, I Vortex is actually my very first sponsor. Uh, you know, shooting matches. That's I reached cool. out just kind of corny. I just shot him a message on social media, and my now boss just happened to be just starting the social media team, and he actually <laughs> answered. You know, I kind of told, told him my story in a brief uh, Facebook message, and uh, he's like, "Man, sounds good. You should give me a call." So I did, and you know, that kind of worked into a, a very small level sponsorship. You know, right. like fifty percent off product or something. And of course, me being a schmuck with a gun i was happy to have it you know <laughs> right and you know as that that progressed over the years eventually made it onto their like pro staff and uh yeah i came up to visit and you know ruben was there to greet me and uh you know create a rare experience that's what he was doing he's like hey man by the way we kind of got an opening if you're interested and uh i lived in florida at the time so it was a big <laughs> it was a big deal and, uh, so yeah i was i was ecstatic so the goal for me was really to get a job that I love somewhere in the industry. And I couldn't have landed a better place than, than where I'm at. So yeah. I'm super excited about Did that. you have like formal education or anything? Or were you like out of school? I mean, how do you have? Yeah. I mean, like that seems like a really freaking awesome, like thing to have happen. Right. I mean, were you pushing towards that in a particular way or were you kind of just letting it, letting it happen organically beyond the Facebook message? Well, you know, Vortex and along, with any other company, uh, there's a lot of different jobs, right? You could be marketing, graphics design, you know, finance, business, you know, whatever it is. I mean, so me, I was kind of an expert in the firearms field and, mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of what I got hired on to do. So I didn't have like any formal education in that field whatsoever. Uh, I had been to college and stuff, but nothing related to what I'm doing. Um, but so as an ambassador, I was just shooting, you know, and, and their thing is, you know, good human first. And, you know, as you do better, you know, you kind of, move up the sponsorship level with any company, not just Vortex. You know right. I mean? And uh, so there was really no formal training other than like on the job training as far as that goes. Right. So that was kind of it. Nice. That's awesome, man. So in your role then, right. Like what, what makes you successful? What type of person works really well in this field? And I'm asking so that if somebody's like, dude, like I'm thinking about this, this sounds like fun. I love guns. I don't know if I've got it or if I'm like cut out for that. Well, if you want to get into the, you know, the field, right. Like there's a lot of different entry points. I know there's a lot of guys that started in the, 
shipping department per se, and have since moved their way up. And, and one in particular is now teaching at the edge, you know, come to find out he was a, I believe, you know, don't quote me. I think he was a sniper in the Marines or something like that. And they yeah. found out and he kind of applied within the job itself. You know, you do your job you're hired for, for a while, you know, let them know who you are as a worker, right? Hard worker, you're on time. You're a nice guy. Cause that's super important to us. And uh, yeah, so you can move around. Um, I kind of forgot. I got away from your question. What was it? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess uh, best thing that you found that has made you successful. Yeah, honestly, where we're at, it really just comes down to treating treating people well. I mean, so I know they told me, I was like, I know optics. I know the optics I use, but I'm no professional in the optics field, right? Like I know what I use very well, but there's a million other products that I'm not good at. He's like, Ruben, you know, my buddy, he's like, uh, well, this is the thing. Like we, we hire good people. We can train people to do jobs. Right. So that, that was kind of the thing. And, uh, yeah, I've learned obviously a lot about optics since I've been here, all the other versions of optics. And, uh, it really just comes down to being a good human, man. Like that's, that's what we appreciate. So worked yeah. out. Nice. So of all of these things, what, what's maybe one thing that you wish you would have known, uh, I guess either going into, competing or stepping in with vortex or sponsorships that you're like, dude, I wish I would have known this going into it, or maybe want to impart wisdom on somebody that's trying to boy, let's follow in your footsteps. I think probably what I wish I would have done was kind of ask earlier. I know when I was talking with my manager, I, once kind of the job was offered and it was set, I was moving. I was like, man, I was kind of hoping this was going to happen. He's like, well, why didn't you ask me earlier? I was like, well, I was nervous, <laughs> you know? Like, so I, I would say if that's your goal, like make, make steps to make it your goal, reach out, make the contacts and, and really let it known what, what it is you want to do. I mean, I wish I would have done that sooner. Um, but yeah, that's it. I think if, if that's the goal, I think just go for it. I mean, you might get rejected. You might not, but if, if that's kind of the route you want to go, like let it be known, try to meet the people and make the calls that are going to count in the long run, you know? Yeah. So making sure I got it, you're saying that you wish you would have, uh, when you wanted to step in full-time working for Vortex, ex uh, expressing that sooner. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause he kind of made me, you know, not intentionally just kind of made me feel stupid. I was like, yeah, I was just kind of hoping, uh, you know, a door would open like this. He's like, well, what? You never asked. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. <laughs> so. That's funny. Well, I feel like we cruised through a lot and I, and I don't want to glaze over anything. Is there anything that you, I guess maybe don't get asked a whole lot or feel super passionate about sharing, you know, whether that's, competing, getting into guns, wakeboarding, competition in general, life, work, travel. I mean, what, what are some of the things that you've learned that maybe you just don't feel like you get to share a whole hell of a lot? Well, on the lighter side of things, you got to uh, make sure your wife is on board before you get into, <laughs> into the traveling and shooting game. Cause I'm not going to lie. At times it's tough, right? Like you're gone a lot. Um, but yeah, supportive wife, supportive family. Is, is important and there's a balance there and somehow you have to, to, to play that balance and still you know still keeping everybody happy and keeping your duties at home fulfilled uh i feel like i've done a pretty good job at that um but yeah man i don't know i wish i had a deeper deeper answer for you but i feel like uh if there's ever any questions that people want to know you can feel free to hit me up on facebook it's just my name tucker schmidt or or even on instagram it's tucker underscore s underscore 2a if you have questions about the firearms 
industry or especially shooting matches or questions on guns, like feel free to hit me up. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to anybody and try to get you, get you on the right path. Nice. Okay. Well, I'll make sure that's linked in the episode description as well. And uh, I'll hit you up. I think I followed you after I saw you were, uh, you were uh, with Terry and I was like, dude, I think this is the guy that I'm going to be talking to here. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> right. so, Small cool, world, man. right? Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time. Dude, no sweat, man. I appreciate you having me. And, uh, good luck with the podcast. And I hope you uh, get to shoot that archery match, dude. I'm oh, yeah. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> Tucker, once again, man, thank you for taking the time. Uh, I appreciate you sharing your story, sitting down with me and uh, kind of digesting everything and uh, kind of sharing the things that you've done, the lessons that you've learned. And I hope everybody listening, I hope you took some good information away as far as, you know, joining in on USPSA, just asking for something that you may want or, or want to work towards. But with that being said, I hope you all have a great week. Be sure to follow me on the Instagrams, the Vanguard project with, with periods in between. I'd love to stay connected with you in some way, shape or form, but uh, that is enough chat for me today. I hope you all have a great week and we will catch you next time. Thank <laughs> you.